Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from a te- the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same online edition drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about uh, 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 11, God's Plan for Salvation, with Section 6, the same curriculum. And at the top of the hour... We'll pause for a remembrance of our lesson for the day, Lesson 129, Beyond This World, There Is a World That I Want. It just says, Beyond This World, There Is a World I Want. And uh, Fran is not with us today, so we will ask and see if there are any uh, anyone willing to lead us in that reflection on Lesson 129. So let me ask, Lori, do you have one of your wonderful poetic openings for the call this morning? I do, Lemoyne. I'm really glad you asked today. Uh, It's a really sweet little poem from Mary Oliver, and it's called Today. And whoops, I have a different one open. Here we go. Here it is. The poem is called Today. Today I'm flying low, and I'm not saying a word. I'm letting all the voodoos of ambition sleep. The world goes on as it must, bees in the garden rumbling a little, the fish leaping, the gnats getting eaten, and so forth. But I'm taking the day off, quiet as a feather. I hardly move, though I'm really traveling a terrific distance. Stillness, one of the doors into the temple. Beyond this world, there is a world I want. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Laurie. Well, this morning, um, I have on our list of people with us and reading, I have Lori and Patricia. (laughs) And with us in listening, I have Harrison, Robin Marie, and Karen. Is there anyone else who has joined us who would like to either read or just say good morning? Good morning, it's Donna, and yes, I can read. Thank you, Donna. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, well, I'll get us started then. <clears throat> In chapter 11, God's plan for salvation, section 6. The same curriculum. Only love is strong because it is undivided. The strong do not attack because they see no need to do so. Before the idea of attack can enter your mind, you must have perceived yourself as weak because you had attacked yourself and believed that the attack was effective, you behold yourself as weakened, no longer perceiving yourself and all your brothers as equal and regarding yourself as weaker, you attempt to, quote, equalize the situation you have made. You use attack to do so because you believe that attack was successful in weakening you. And Lori. So, Chapter 11, God's Plan for Salvation, Section 6, the same curriculum. Only love is strong because it is undivided. The strong do not attack because they see no need to do so. Before the idea of attack can enter your mind, you must have perceived yourself as weak. Because you had attacked yourself and believed the attack was effective, you behold yourself as weakened. No longer perceiving yourself and all your brothers as equal and regarding yourself as weaker, you attempt to so-called equalize the situation you have made. You use attack to do so because you believe that attack was successful in weakening you. 44. That is why the recognition of your own invulnerability is so important in the restoration of your sanity. For if you accept your invulnerability, you are recognizing that attack has no effect. Although you have attacked yourself and very brutally, you will demonstrate that nothing happened. Therefore, by attacking, you have not done anything. Once you realize this, there is no longer any sense in attack, for it manifestly does not work and cannot protect you. Yet the recognition of your invulnerability has more than just a negative value. If your attacks on yourself have failed to weaken you, you are still strong. You therefore have no need to so-called equalize the situation to establish your strength. Thank you, Lori. And Patricia? 44. That is why the recognition of your own vulnerability, that is why your recognition of your own invulnerability is so important in the restoration of your sanity. For if you accept your invulnerability, you are recognizing 
that attack has no effect. Although you have attacked yourself and very brutally, you will demonstrate that nothing happened. Therefore, by attacking, you have done, you have not done anything. Once you realize this, there is no longer any sense in attack, for it manifestly does not work and cannot protect you. Yet the recognition of your invulnerability has more than negative value. If your attacks on yourself have failed to weaken you, you are still wrong. You therefore have no need to equalize the situation to establish your strength. 45. You will never realize the utter uselessness of attack except by recognizing that your attack on yourself had no effects. For others do react to attack if they perceive it and if you are trying to attack them you will be unable to avoid interpreting this as reinforcement. The only place where you can cancel out all reinforcement is in yourself. For you are always the first point of your attack. And if this has never been it has no consequences. Thank you, Patricia. And Donna. 45. You will never realize the utter uselessness of attack except by recognizing that your, you, your attack on yourself has no effects. For others do react to attack if they perceive it. And if you are trying to attack them, you will be unable to avoid interpreting this as reinforcement. The only place where you can cancel out all reinforcement is in yourself. So you are always the first point of your attack. And if this has never been it has no consequences. 46. The Holy Spirit's love is your strength, for yours is divided and therefore not real. You could not trust your own love when you have attacked it. You cannot learn of perfect love with a split mind because a split mind 
has made itself a poor learner. You tried to make the separation eternal because you wanted to retain the characteristics of creation with your own content. Yet, creation is not of you. And poor learners need special teaching. You have learning handicaps in a very literal sense. Thank you, Donna. And is there a new reader for 46 and 47? This is Sandra. I can read. Thank you, Sandra. Okay. The Holy Spirit's love is your strength. For yours is divided and therefore not real. You could not trust your own love when you have attacked it. You cannot learn of perfect love with a split mind because a split mind has made itself a poor learner. You tried to make the separation eternal because you wanted to retain the characteristics of creation with your own content. Yet creation is not of you and your and poor learners need special teaching. You have you have learning hand oh, sorry you have you have learning handicaps in a very literal sense there are areas in your learning skills which are so impaired that you can progress only under constant clear out directions provided by a teacher who can transcend your limited resources. He becomes your resource because of yourself. You cannot learn. The learning situation in which you placed yourself is impossible. And in this situation, you clearly require a special teacher, a special curriculum. Four learners are not good choices for teachers, either to themselves or to anyone else. You would hardly turn to them to establish the curriculum by which they can escape from their limitations. If they understood what is beyond them, they would not be handicapped. Thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader for 47 and 48? Hi, man. Hi, Lemoyne. Hi, guys. Hi, Judy. Please go ahead. All righty, then. There are areas in your learning skills which are so impaired that you can progress only under constant, clear-cut direction provided by a teacher with a capital T who with a capital W, can, uh, who can transcend your limited resources. He becomes your resource. Because of yourself, 
you cannot learn. The learning situation in which you placed yourself is impossible. And in this situation, you clearly require a special teacher and a special curriculum. Poor learners are not good choices for teachers, either for themselves or for anyone else. You would hardly turn to them to establish the curriculum by which they can escape from their limitations if they understood what is beyond them, then they would not be handicapped. 48. You do not know the meaning of love, and that is your handicap. Do not attempt to teach yourself what you do not understand, and do not try to set up curriculum goals where yours have clearly failed. Your learning goal has been not to learn, and this cannot lead to successful learning. You cannot transfer what you have not learned and the impairment of the ability to generalize is a crucial learning failure. Would you ask those who have failed to learn what learning aids are for, they do not know. For if they could interpret the aids correctly, they would have learned from them. So need to learn this. <laughs> thank you, Lamoy. Uh, thank you, Judy. Agree with that. And is there another new reader for 48 and 49? Another new reader with 48 and 49? Oh, okay. All right. Sorry for the delay. Um, <clears throat> I guess back to you, Lori. Okay, 48. You do not know the meaning of love, and that is your handicap. Do not attempt to teach yourselves what you do not understand, and do not try to set up curriculum goals where yours have so clearly failed. Your learning goal has been not to learn, and this cannot lead to successful learning. You cannot transfer what you have not learned, and the impairment of the ability to generalize is a crucial learning failure. Would you ask those who have failed to learn what learning aids are for? They do not know. For if they could interpret the aids correctly, they would have learned from them. 49. We've said that the ego's rule is, quote, seek and do not find. End quote. Translated into curricular terms, this is the same as saying, quote, try not to learn. Whoopsie. <laughs> it trans translated into curricular terms, this is the same as saying, quote, try to learn, but do not succeed. End quote. The result of this curriculum goal is obvious. Every legitimate teaching aid, 
every real instruction and every sensible guide to learning will be misinterpreted for they are all for learning facilitation which this strange curriculum goal is against if you are trying to learn how not to learn and are using the aim of teaching to defeat itself what can you expect but confusion the curriculum does not make any sense thank you Lori and Patricia Forty-nine. We have said that the ego's rule is speak and do not find. Translated into curricular terms, this is the same as saying, try to learn, but do not succeed. The result of this curriculum goal is obvious every legitimate teaching aid every real instruction and every sensible guide to learning will be misinterpreted for they are all for learning facilitation which this strange curriculum goal is against if you are trying to learn how not to learn and are using the aim of teaching to defeat itself what can you expect but confusion the curriculum does not make sense this kind of learning has so weakened your mind that you cannot love for the curriculum you have chosen is against love and amounts to a course in how to attack yourself a necessary minor supplementing this major curriculum goal is learning how not to overcome the split which made this goal believable and you can not overcome it for all your learning is on its behalf yet your will speaks against your learning as your learning speaks against your will and so you fight you fight against learning and succeed for that is your will but you do not realize even yet that there is something to do that there is something you do will to learn 
and that you can learn it because it is your will to do so. Thank you, Patricia. And Donna. 50. This kind of learning has so weakened your mind that you cannot love, for the curriculum you have chosen is against love and amounts to a course in how to attack yourself, a necessary minor supplementing this major curriculum goal is learning how not to overcome the split which made this goal believable. And you cannot overcome it for all your learning is on its behalf. Yet your will speaks against your learning as your learning speaks against your will. And so your fight against learning and succeed and so your fight against learning and succeed for that is your will. But you do not realize even yet that there is something you do will to learn and that you can learn it because it is your will to do so. 51. You who have tried to learn what you do not will should take heart. For although the curriculum you set yourself is depressing indeed, it is merely ridiculous if you look at it. Is it possible that the way to achieve a goal is not to attain it? Resign now as your own teachers. This resignation will not lead to depression. It is merely the result of an honest appraisal of what you have taught yourselves and of the learning overcomes and of the learning overcomes which have resulted and the learning outcomes which have resulted. Under the proper learning conditions, which you can neither provide nor understand, you will become excellent learners and teachers. But it is not so yet and will not be so until the whole learning situation, as you have set it up, is reversed. Thank you, Donna. And Sandra. Okay, um, don't see Sandra, so I'll skip to you, Judy. Fifty-one and fifty-two? Fifty-two, thank you, Lemoyne. Fifty-one, fifty-one and two. Fifty-one and fifty-two. You who have tried to learn what you do not will should take heart. For although the curriculum you set yourself is depressing indeed, 
merely ridiculous if you look at it. It is possible that the way to achieve a goal is not to attain it. Is it possible that the way to achieve a goal is not to attain it? I just love this. Resign now as your own teacher. This resignation will not lead to depression. It is merely the result of an honest appraisal of what you have taught yourself and of the learning outcomes which have resulted. Under the proper learning conditions, which you can neither provide nor understand, you will become excellent learners, happy learners and teachers. But it is not so yet and will not be so until the whole learning situation is you have set it up is reversed. Your learning potential, properly understood, is limitless because it will lead you to God. You can teach the way to Him and learn it. If you follow the teacher with a capital T, who, with a capital W, knows it and his curriculum for learning it. The curriculum is totally unambiguous because the goal is not divided. The curriculum is totally unambiguous because the goal is not divided and the means and the end are in complete accord. You need only offer undivided attention. Everything else will be given you for it is your will to learn or write, and nothing can oppose the will of God's Son. His learning is as unlimited as he is. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And is there another, is there a new reader who would like to conclude 52? I could do that. <clears throat> 52. Your learning potential, properly understood, is limitless because it will lead you to God. You can teach the way to Him and learn it if you follow the teacher, capital T, who, capital W, knows it and His curriculum for learning it. The curriculum is totally unambiguous because the goal is not divided and the means and the end are in complete accord. You need offer only undivided attention. Everything else will be given you for it is your will to learn aright and nothing can oppose the will of God's Son. His learning is as unlimited as he is. Well, thank you, Robin Murray. And uh, let me just ask again, is there another new reader who would like to read 52? This is Jessica. I can do it. I just have to 
I wasn't expecting that, so I just have to go back to find it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Here it is. <laughs> um, 52 is, hold on. I'm almost there. Your learning potential, properly understood, is limitless because it will lead you to God. You can teach the way to him and learn it if you follow the teacher who knows it and his curriculum for learning it. The curriculum is totally unambiguous because the goal is not divided and the means and the end are in complete accord. You need offer only undivided attention. Everything else will be given you, for it is your will to learn aright, and nothing can oppose the will of God's Son. His learning is as unlimited as he is. Oh, thank you for letting me learn read that. <laughs> And thank you, Jessica. And, yeah. I think that that certainly is a summary of the same curriculum because it seems to me this whole section is about either an insane curriculum or the insane attempt to use all the learning tools in incorrectly to try to find the same curriculum and uh, it's, uh, all leads to the line here is it possible that the way to achieve a goal is not to attain it resign now as your own teacher and I guess as long as I don't as long as we forgive ourselves in that process, this resignation will not lead to depression. It is merely the result of an honest appraisal of what I have taught myself and of the learning outcomes which have resulted. <clears throat> so, under the proper learning conditions, which I can neither provide nor understand, I will become an excellent learner and teacher, but it is not so yet and will not be so until the whole learning situation, as I have set it up, is reversed. So our learning potential, properly understood, is limitless because it will lead us to God. We can teach the way to Him and learn it if we follow the the one teacher who knows it and his curriculum for learning it. The curriculum is totally unambiguous because the goal is not divided. And the means and end and the means and the end are in complete accord. No more struggle for peace. You need offer only undivided attention. Everything else will be given you. For it is your will to learn the right and nothing can oppose the will of God's Son. His learning 
is as unlimited as he is. I think that that seems to me to be the summary of the same part of this section, um, uh, which uh, I don't know about anyone else, but I know I struggled with because I didn't really want to let it sink in how much I use the ego's methods to try and learn what is beyond the ego or um, just refuse to take up the listening and dismantle and let go better yet, let go of uh, the struggle. Seeking salvation through it. Um, so I'm, I'm complete with the summary. And uh, we're at that point where we like to revisit the lesson for the day, revisit it for the first time. And Fran is not with us today. Is there someone who volunteers to lead the, lead us through remembering lesson 129? Beyond this world, there is a world I want. <clears throat> Patricia here, I would read if you like. Okay, sounds great, Patricia. Lesson 125. In quiet, I receive God's word today. Let this day, this day, be a day of stillness. Be a day of stillness and of quiet listening. Patricia. Your father will. Yes? <laughs> well, I agree. That Did I go that to is... the wrong? Yeah. That's very close to oh. today's lesson is 129. <laughs> oh, I got it. I saw the word quiet and just went, oh. Patricia, <laughs> thanks. I needed that. That was a divine mistake. Please, <laughs> and you know, please carry I, on. <laughs> I totally love this. It, you know, when uh, Laurie was reading that poem, I think the pages just slipped to the quiet. Oh, funny, yeah, funny. All right. Here we go. 129. <laughs> We're grounded here, okay. Beyond this world, there is a quiet mind. <laughs> Beyond this world, there is a world I want. <laughs> this is the thought which follows from one, the one we practiced yesterday. You cannot stop with the idea the world is worthless, for unless you see that there is something else to hope for, you will only be depressed. Our emphasis is not on giving up the world, but on exchanging.
exchanging it for what is far more satisfying, filled with joy and capable of offering you peace. Think you, this world, can offer that to you? It might be worth a little time, a little time to think once more about the value of this world. Perhaps you will concede there is no loss in letting go of all thought of value here. The world you see is merciless indeed, unstable cruel, unconcerned with you, quick to avenge and pitiless with hate. It gives to, it gives but to rescind and takes away all things that you have cherished for a while. No lasting love is found, for none is here. This is the world of time where all things end. It is a loss to find a world instead where losing is impossible, where love endures forever. Hate cannot exist, and vengeance has no meaning. Is it loss to find all things you really wanted and know? They have no ending, and they will remain exactly as you want them throughout time. Yet even they will be exchanged at last for what we cannot speak of. For you go from there to where words fail entirely into the quiet, into a silence where the language is unspoken and yet Surely understood. Communication, unambiguous and plain as day, reminds unlimited, remains <laughs> the unlimited for all eternity. And God himself speaks to his son as his son speaks to him. Their language has no words. Oh, the quiet beyond this world. Their language has no words, for they, for what they say, cannot be symbolized. Their knowledge is direct and wholly shared and whole. Holy One. How far away from this are you who stay bound to this world 
and yet how near are you when you exchange it for the world you want. Now is the last step certain, for now you stand an instant space away from timelessness. Here in the quiet mind, can you but look forward, never back, to see again the world you do not want? Here is the world that comes to take its place. As you unbind your mind to this quiet mind from little things that world sets forth to keep you prisoner there, value them not, and they will hear. Esteem them, and they will seem real to you. Such is the choice. What loss can be for you in choosing not to value nothingness? This world holds nothing that you really want. But what you choose instead, you want indeed. Let it be given today. Let it be given you today. It waits. The quiet mind waits for your choosing it to take the place of all the things you seek but do not want. Practice your willingness, your willingness to make this change ten minutes. Ten minutes in the morning and or at night and or once more in between. Begin with this. Beyond this world, there is a world I want. I choose to see that world instead of this. For here is nothing that I really want. And then close your eyes upon the world you see. For just a moment, just close your eyes. And in this quiet mind that awaits, in the silent darkness, watch the lights that are not of this world. Light one by one. Close your eyes until where one begins, another ends, losing all meaning as they blend into one. Today, the lights of heaven bend to you to shine upon your eyelids as you rest beyond the world of darkness. Here is light your eyes cannot behold. Oh, close your eyes to your quiet mind and your mind can see it plainly and can understand. It can inner 
and a day of grace is given you today and we give thanks this day we realize that what you feared to lose was only loss itself now do we understand there is no loss for we have seen its opposite at last and we are grateful that the choice is made remember your decision hourly and on the hour it will remind you of your quiet mind close your eyes to take a moment and confirm this choice by laying whatever thoughts you had dwell now briefly upon this in silence together for a few moments the world I see has nothing that I want and beyond this world there is a world I be I want Beyond this world, there is a world I want. Under these closed eyelids, I am held. I am held. I choose to be this world I see in the quiet mind of me. For here, is everything the world God gives me the light unspoken for a moment every hour silent mind fully held will remind me beyond this world there is a world I want Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Patricia. I love how you ended that with just a little poem. So beautiful. Thank you.
and quiet. I listen to God's voice today. That's who tells me about me. Thank you. Oh, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And so we're at step two of these six lessons that go together so well, starting with lesson 128 and ending with, I will not value what is valueless. Um, I, I had... Um, I had a really nice learning experience yesterday um, that, like most of them, my higher mind went out ahead of me and orchestrated a situation that I could learn from. <laughs> and the details of it are, are totally unimportant. But what was important was um, the experience that I could learn from in order to generalize and uh, and apply to other situations like that. And it's a typical situation that the ego sets up. Um, like I said, the details are unimportant. But what happened was, um, you know, if you've probably heard me say before, I fell off my horse and had an ego experience. Well, in this particular case, I didn't fall off. I jumped off. <laughs> I jumped off willingly, and and um, decided uh, I jumped off because I decided someone was in the wrong, and uh, and had uh, made a mistake for which I believed I was paying, and um, and so just like Yosemite Sam, I picked up my six shooter and <laughs> verbally. Uh, went about um, trying to correct this person and make them understand the mistake they made and how they owed me a correction. You know that story. I bet it's happened to you. Uh, It's happened to me more than once. But what I realized uh, yesterday was in the the throes of the situation, um, I noticed there was a part of my mind uh, that stood outside that situation watching it and saw it for what it was. And when the full import of my behavior uh, landed, 
um, I started feeling really ridiculous. <laughs> and um, I looked over at Kathy, who was listening to me, who was also looking like, boy, are you ridiculous. <laughs> she whispered, she whispered to me, remember, everything is for your blessing. And uh, that's the beginning and the end of that story. Um, what's to know from that story and this lesson and this reading uh, is ultimately that I'm not in the world. The world is in me. And when I experience a situation like yesterday, clearly that's not what I believe. And the ultimate understanding is that the ego mind uh, does this thing where it's constantly playing a video of its beliefs. Um, belief that I was weak, belief I'd been taken advantage of, belief that someone could attack me unless I attacked first, belief that someone made a mistake, belief that someone must pay, belief that someone's to blame, um, belief that there's no way I can escape this situation except to attack, um, belief that I'm entirely on my own here, and belief that I know how it's supposed to be corrected and nobody else does. All of that is the video that the ego mind plays for my viewing. And if that's what I believe is true, and that's what I believe I see, um, I am a prisoner to my set of beliefs. Ego thinks it's a prisoner to all of those beliefs, because it thinks all of those beliefs are true. So he starts out in this section you would never have seen the sense of attack if you had not attacked yourself first. And that's, um, that's the beauty of the miracle of atonement. When it arrives in its full splendor, I realize that my world, my ego world, was entirely upside down because I so firmly held all those beliefs. And the atonement is the correction of all of that. You know, he says, this is a really, really good quote for this lesson. The quote is, the separation was not a loss of perfection. Atonement corrects that. Separation was not a loss of perfection, but a failure in communication. A harsh and strident voice arose as the voice of the ego. And I listened to it. And as a consequence of listening to those beliefs, I made a world that exemplified their truth, that seemed to portray to me what I believed. But he said, to that harsh and strident voice, God could not... Let me see, I have the exact quote. A harsh and strident form of communication arose as the ego's voice. It could not shatter the peace of God, but it could shatter yours. 
God will not blot that voice out because to eradicate it would be to attack it. Being questioned, he did not question. He merely gave the capital answer. His answer is your teacher. And that's uh, the essence of what today's reading is. My learning goals, I got to the ridiculous part fairly fast. Boy, am I glad for that. Um, my learning goals were how to attack yourself. And, and let's see, it's in paragraph uh, 51, I think, or 50. Your course is how to attack yourself and how not to overcome the split in your mind. See, it's those false beliefs that created that split in my mind where I thought, uh, you know, here's another name for ego. Um, at least how I relate to uh, what I perceive as my ego. Uh, it's a little bitty old Yosemite Sam that thinks it knows it all <laughs> and it will fight to defend it and protect its beliefs. And... Um, it's a tiny little fragment of my mind, but I give it reality by believing its story. And when I do, I experience the consequences of it. I can see it's ridiculous um, by following the rules for decision. And they are settle my mind, fix my mind in God. And if I make no decisions myself, I will have a happy day. But if I go around making my own decisions and hopping off the horse <laughs> and thinking I have to attack and defend something, um, I'm not going to have a happy day. But this, he says, this, you will know. You will know if you're not having a happy day uh, because you will feel it. <laughs> and say to yourself, I must have made a, a decision myself. And at least I can decide I don't like how I feel. Boy, I sure didn't. Um, and the, my answer, my teacher, will come to me, uh, will come to my mind. If I'm not busy blabbering on about the truth of it, if I'm not listening to that projection um, that I'm so willing to defend, if I just be quiet, and I say this little ego storyteller is a know-it-all because he thinks it knows everything. And I can get myself back to a right place by saying, I don't like how I feel. Ask, what's the truth of this? If I can't ask, at least I can say, I don't know. I don't know the truth of this. And in that tiny little space, in that tiny little tick of time, the truth will be given me. And when it is, I'll laugh at myself. I was so ridiculous. And for a little while, I'll tell you, after that experience, I hung up the phone and, oh yeah, that was for my blessing. What did I learn? Um, for a little bit of time, I thought, oh man, Lori, you know, you really, you really went on a binge there. You really, you really, um, yeah, you really got got yourself taken downtown <laughs> and and I went on about it a little bit oh maybe for five or ten minutes castigating myself 
And see, that's what the ego does. He describes it so well in this section. Your curriculum is a course in how to attack yourself. So when I hung up the phone, I noticed I was doing that. And I thought, well, for crying out loud, that's no better than what I was doing before. I was blaming him. Now I'm blaming myself. And, oh, isn't that just how the ego does? You know, you should have known better than that. You did hop off your horse for shame on you. You know, that's as much a part of the story as the original story. But when I ask for the truth, my mind's open enough that I can get a correction. Oh, yeah. I was being reactive to something I believed, not to the truth of that situation. The truth of that situation, like every situation, and he, he hints at it in paragraph 53, your, your potential is unlimited. All you need to do is give undivided attention. Because why? Because the Holy Spirit provides learning conditions. Now, if I had gone out and looked at that situation and said, oh, wow, this is a learning situation. Because my temptation is to hop off my horse and attack right now. I would have appreciated the situation as something from which I could learn. You know, all things are lessons God would have me learn. I would have seen once again, oh, here's another opportunity where I can experience the correction of my beliefs about this situation and see another situation in which God is going to give me a blessing because I've given up my way of seeing it. I could have done that. But in this case, I didn't. But to go on about, well, for shame on me, is just another ego hook. Um, so I love this lesson. You know, um, the first one, the first one yesterday. I don't want the world my ego gave me. There's nothing of value in it. There's nothing in that world that adds anything of value to me. And if I can accept that, I will accept that I am strong. That all the attacks on myself, which resulted in this mess, all of it was attack on myself, I will have realized that nothing in this world can add anything to me. And beyond this world, there is a world I want, and it's the world where I'm not attacking myself. And when I'm not attacking myself, I'm not weak. And when I'm invulnerable, I have no need to hop off the horse and fight for anything. Um, that was my lesson yesterday. And... Um, Next time, one of those things pops up where I want to pick up my shield and sword, I think I might remember how um, ridiculous I felt when I realized that's what I did. I'm complete. Thank you so much, Lori. That's exactly what I've been dealing with. And I hopped off my horse, and then I hopped right back on, and... Um, I thank you all for your shares. Um, have a beautiful day. Oh, you too, Robin Marie. Thank you.
No, thanks, Robin Murray. Laurie, this is Patricia, everyone. Laurie, your share on the word believe. Every time you said the word believe, 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 it just, it's so much fun to be in this group in the mornings. Um, Because, um, of course, the dictionary, believe, believe, remember that word. So I'll read a little bit on that word because. I ended up writing very deeply about it when I was a part of a group out at the ocean when I lived there uh, where we we would meet regularly and uh, pray, and then we'd ring a bell, and there would be a jumping-off line, and we would automatically be just writing words. Even, I don't know why I'm here writing these words. We would just write automatically until the bell rang, and then <clears throat> we'd learn what comes out, you know, beyond the mind. And this one time, <clears throat> a woman had a book on what I believe. And she showed it to everybody saying, these are the most famous people in the world that have come together and they've answered their que- the question what they believe. And it's so good that it want- I want the theme today for us to all write what we believe. <laughs> My self-esteem sort of was jumping all over the place because of all these highly educated people and actually there were a whole lot of them there in the group not oh no what am I going to do here you know that book of all those people and so it, something grabbed me and here's what came out <laughs> was so beautiful and just to say that it was to learn the difference for me between the word belief and the experience of knowing (laughs) on what I believe I'll read it I'll tell you belief is a shifty and changing thing it changes faster than I can sit here and write what would I say if this was my last chance, though? Tell the world what I believe. To show what I truly know. That which is real. Oh, well, that which is real is eternal. Yes, I can say that. One thing belief found real truth 
is what is eternal. But not much more can I say on what I believe. (laughs) Believing is simply not a dependable thing. Even when evidence is undeniable, highly valued beliefs or good ideas, why they grow out of control, obscuring everything else present the form. Why beliefs they have a bossy nature to take over the mind, battling one against the other. (laughs) Well, belief is just not trustworthy. Taking on an idea is like a costume worn, ever deepening my hunger to find what feels real. Belief in things may not even be needed. (gasps) Belief in things may not be needed? Do I need to believe this couch is holding me here as I write? Do I need to believe I am held by this chair as I hold the phone and share? No, I sit. I sit in a knowing, a knowing, so solidly growing, a knowing is here. No mind need confirm. Thank you. That's beautiful, Patricia. Speak so directly of direct experience. Thank you. I could add here just by reading that and the theme that I am so deeply in is the quiet mind. I I wouldn't have believed even, you know, years into this course what I'm experiencing now because the mind is actually the default is completely silent. And And when I asked, gee, how could it be that I, that this mind is so quiet most of the time? It came through this reading. Um, you see, I got reminded that even in when I read the lesson today and we had the silence for a while, and even as I was reading the silence between the words, there's no thought, but there is the sensation of being held and maybe reaching for a blanket to lay over my legs. There is, the mind is in awe as it's silent of just sensing, sensing. Maybe a warm, cozy feeling on the right side as I tend to lean towards the right. And right now, 
the left hand is funny. The arm is kind of in the air. That's funny. So I, my silent mind is quite receptive into some depths of, of the whole reason I'm alive. So this quiet mind is so real and so, so real that um, I never would have believed it if it weren't happening. I'm sharing, too, because sometimes I had the idea that this magic silence that God speaks to us through um, was like a blank, dead canvas. It's not. It is all receptor sites. There's only a receiving and the mind is there. I don't know that this time all the challenges of even my health and physical things that I would really be even alive. It's this silence in the mind that just is so, it is this fabric softener that just feels literally that I'm not worried that a leg of this chair is going to break away. Oh, and that quiet mind says, this is it. You're just knowing of what holds you. That was part of a training I look back. Because when I'm in the midst of a story, say on a phone of another kind of drama or something, I'll hear the quiet mind say, Patricia, how am I allowing myself to be held right now? It's a wonderful thing. And your friend that said, remember, all is here as a blessing. You have a million, trillion dollar friend there, girl. Really, (laughs) they're so held. We're mm. so held by something. And sometimes, even if it's a pain inside my body, my quiet mind says, and honey, how is this being held? And it could just be, oh, I have this skin, and I can put something warm on it and hold it more. How am I being held right now? Thank you. That's beautiful, Patricia. That gave me the sensation, I mean, literally, viscerally, that the ego is outside me, uh, not in. That, that was a gift. Thank you. On Thursday, I have an early appointment. See you guys next time. Thank you. Thank you.
Hi, this is Yogi Chris, here listening. Welcome, Chris. Morning, Chris. Morning. This is Donna. <laughs> I'm on the road here and pulled off. Uh, in the reading today, um, where it said split, split mind or split agenda, or uh, what came to me was love and fear, and a scripture came to me, John 1:4:18, uh, which. Um, You'll have to look up. I'm driving my brains <clears throat> functioning too much. The other beautiful thing that I had happen was the uh, first Fridays I go to with a group who pray the um, Chaplet of Mercy. And there's 10 of us. We go out for breakfast on the first Friday of the month. And um, I got so much light that day. And I was just filled with with, with some really realizations, realizations. And then yesterday after our reading, which was exquisite also, I went back and read Friday's reading. And I said, my God, this is what I lived. So it was like while I was having breakfast, the group was reading that section, and I was being gifted with that spiritually. So I wanted to just stop in and say, how powerful are we in God? So, amen, and i got to get to my PT. Oh, I'm glad you came on to say that, Donna. That was really excellent. It reminded me of when we come out of this review, um, One of the first lessons that comes out is Lesson 151. All things are echoes of the voice for God. Um, That kind of experience where you hear truth and then you see it, and it seems to be everywhere in the events that follow. That's beautiful. Thank you.
So, you know, there's another another gift in this section. There's several, really, but um, I love how um, it clarifies in paragraph 51 about will, my will. You have tried to learn what you do not will should take heart. What I do not will. Um, I'm thinking of that uh, very famous quote, projection makes perception. You see what you believe is there and you believe it's there because you want it there. See what you believe is there and you believe it's there because you want it there. Um, He wants me to understand in that paragraph that uh, there's a story that part of me seems to want uh, really, really a lot, (laughs) wants to believe this is true, that story. And then there's a separate thing, a will, my true will. And that takes me to the really significant importance of Lesson 74. There is no will but God's. And in that lesson, he makes it really clear that there's this thing called ego that, uh, he says in this reading, wants to cont- wants to retain the characteristics of creation with its own content, with its own story. And um, and that's that's a lot, but it is not my true will, because my true will is always aligned with God. Why? Because there is no will but God's. I thought I had a separate will, he said, but that's not true. And when I realize that I'm projecting this, scenario, whatever the scenario is, I'm projecting this scenario out of uh, something I want, but I really don't, then I can see that, oh my God, he's telling me exactly why I think I have a split mind. Well, wait now, I have a, I'm living as though I have a split mind. I'm choosing wrongly. I'm choosing to listen to the voice of the ego who knows everything and believes it has an answer for everything and knows how to handle every circumstance. I'm choosing that. I believe it's there because I want it there. I can make a different choice and align my will with truth or God or or the universe of love, my true self, and my true nature is to experience all of this as part of me. And when I do, the idea of attack is, when it doesn't enter mind, you know, it just doesn't enter mind. Because why? It's so filled up. The mind is just so filled up with truth that, um, it fails to notice anything else. It just doesn't notice. And um, 
And that's to me the outcome of letting the Holy Spirit teach me my true will. And um, and when I let Holy Spirit teach me my true will, it turns out I have entirely different experiences of myself and of the world and um, and of the source of all of it. Those different experiences reveal to me the truth of unity, that there's nothing that stands apart from this one mind that we share with God, whose thoughts are always available, you know. We still will have lessons that are all preceded with my mind holds only thoughts I think with God. And it turns out that if I'm listening to my own thoughts, you know, two voices you can hear in two ways, so you can see in two ways. When I'm listening to my own thoughts, I can't, I drown out the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when I see what the ego would have me see, I can't see anything of love and holiness. But the two thought systems are totally uh, totally congruent within themselves and have no point of intersection with each other except in the experiences that life gives me. And through different experiences of the consequences of my thoughts, I'm led to one thought system that is true of me and everything out of the thought system where I'm alone and separate from everything. The Holy Spirit is my bridge for interpretation of every event in the light of truth or in the light of what I want to be true. And the choices uh, are stark and unequivocal and their outcomes are absolutely opposite each other. You see what you believe is there, and you believe it's there because you want it there, is what this lesson is trying to help me learn. Beyond this world, there is a world I want. And in that world, everything's part of me. There is a world I want, and it will be given me when I realize I cannot have a will separate from God. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the bridge in my mind for the translation from my error to truth. And when I listen and ask, rather than declare and blabber on, <laughs> like I'm blabbering right now, um, I just get a different experience. He says, I'm leading you. This is Christ. I'm, I'm leading you to a new kind of experience. And with that experience, you'll realize that you didn't want, you don't want the world you make. You would rather be in communication with everything that's true and not notice everything of the world and its content that you made. So these lessons in this reading um, are just hand in glove with each other. 
Um, I'm complete. Yeah, thank you, Lord. You've been relating, <laughs> relating it in words, been relating this, your share to the lesson, but, you know, I see in it, um, and seeing in it the reading and emphasis on <clears throat> invulnerability, now the recognition of our own invulnerability is so important in the restoration of our sanity. For if we accept invulnerability, we recognize attack has no effect. And I began to see the this section is a is a wonderful unfolding of a <clears throat> of a short teaching later in the course that just says fear is a judgment never justified. And that is that is what uh, what just simply the belief in attack it recreates the whole separation. And you know, forty five makes it really plain. It doesn't doesn't matter who started it. Soon as attack is what's being exchanged. It, it we can't escape the interpretation. We're reinforcing the truth when it's really just a belief, and the only place where this reinforcement can be canceled out is in ourselves and uh and how that works, you know it's like it, that brings up the why do I have to do it? Why can't do that? well, the point being that just to enter into this exchange, we must have already attacked ourselves by believing that we're vulnerable. And, um, you know, that may be true of a body, but it requires then body identification and making separation real. And if we just get back to the this, this kind of central organizing principle, I think, that what we are, what being is, is something much more general and not specific, that all being is one, and that is the being that's given us, then there is a place and it ends up being quiet and wordless, but a a place where that invulnerability is always available and can allow us to escape the need to view the world through the lens of separation where we can only where the exchange is 
<coughs> not uh, giving and receiving as one, but giving and t- taking or giving it to them and this is of attack. And so um is really made the made your shares so you relate them to the lesson, made this same curriculum, the foundation of it being the invulnerability of our being as as of spirit and unity and love. And we don't know the meaning of love. And the curriculum won't doesn't says that it won't teach us the meaning. As if it cannot be taught or learned because we have to experience and express it to really begin to see it <laughs> as as the unifying principle that actually you know makes the world go round. Anyway, I'm complete there except for one thing I want to bring which I found along this line which comes also from it is from chapter 30 which is in some ways a restatement of what the section is about today right it's uh, 30 84 only a constant purpose can endow events with a stable meaning but it must accord one meaning to them all. If they're given different meanings, it must be that they reflect but different purposes. And then this is all the meaning that they have. Conflict or confusion of different purposes. Can this be meaning? Can confusion be what meaning means? Perception cannot be in constant flux and make allowance for stability of meaning anywhere. Fear is a judgment never justified. Its presence has no meaning but to show you wrote a fearful script and are afraid accordingly. But not because the thing you fear has fearful meaning in itself. A common purpose is the only means by where, whereby perception can be stabilized and one interpretation given to the world and all experiences here. This common purpose cannot change because you would perceive it everywhere unchanged by circumstance. And so you offer it to all events and let them offer you stability. Anyway, I'm complete. Oh, that was perfect. Well, mine. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lemoyne.
So, Lori, do you have a specific closing to this call? What you offered just now is pretty darn close, pretty darn perfect. Um, Lemoyne, as you were reading it, I was looking at uh, this. It's coming up in the day after tomorrow, I think, Guide for Miracles. Where he says, as long as you believe you have two functions, so long will you need correction. But this belief is the destruction of peace a goal in direct opposition to the Holy Spirit's purpose. You see what you expect and you expect what you invite. Your perception is the result of your invitation coming to you as you sent for it. Whose manifestations would you see? Of whose presence would you be convinced? For you will believe in what you manifest and as you look out, so will you see in. Two ways of looking at the world are in your mind, and your perception will reflect the guidance you chose. I am the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. When you see me, it will be because you have invited him, and he will send you his witnesses if you will, but look upon them. Remember that you see what you seek what you seek you will find the ego finds what it seeks and only that it does not find love for that is not what it is seeking yet seeking and finding are the same if you seek for two goals you'll find them but you will recognize neither so what do I choose today what do I want a great lesson great reading thank you Lemoyne well thank you all here those who might listen later find the recording but not the call (laughs) 